Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the spookiest podcast, this side of the Appalachians, East Coast Haunts. I am Samantha. And I am MK. And today we are doing part two in our little series about Salem, Massachusetts. So before we get into it, MK, is there anything you wanted to say? Yes. I have gotten a couple of questions as to Sam and I's relationship um, on our Instagram. And I had I actually had one person email me. So I did want to just clear this up. We're cousins that moved in together after college. Yes. And cousins on our mom's side. Yes. Our moms are sisters. And we just basically grew up together. Yeah. So And then we decided to live together. And it all And then just we started a out. podcast. And here we are now. So So that's that. MK's a little younger than me. I don't know why I'm giving so much detail. But But we're really like, it's good because like yeah. You know, I feel people like our listeners are our friends. Yeah, so I know, I know. So The people need to know. Yes, if you guys are ever interested about anything else, let us know because it flatters me greatly. Yes, me too. <laughs> and we do have little, like, bios on our website, mm-hmm. so make sure you check that out. I think it's, it's wix.com slash eastcoasthaunts. Um, we haven't gotten a dope Gotta love yet. Wix. But that's, <laughs> that's coming soon. Uh, <laughs> That'll be next. And then also, just really uh, quickly... Wanted to thank our Patreons, everyone who subscribed so far. I did want to give a special shout out to my sister Hope, who just subscribed today. Thank you, Hopi. Thank you, Hopi. She's a horror fanatic, so yes. no surprise there. Um, so thank you to everyone who subscribed to the Patreon. And also, we wanted to thank everyone who has been leaving reviews for us. Yes. Because we've been getting a lot of really, really great feedback some constructive criticism which i appreciate and some really great reviews in general so yeah please keep them coming uh it's most helpful if you leave them on apple podcasts if that's where you're listening but we'll take a review anywhere beggars can't be choosers exactly (laughs) so wherever you feel the need to leave us a review it's greatly appreciated yes so thank you guys for interacting with us etc okay Mary Kate, do we want to get into the haunted spot in Salem that we are starting with? I really do. I'm very excited. So, you guys know in our last episode we talked all about the Salem witch trials and about Salem in general. It's a very spooky place. And today we are going to be talking about the Hawthorne Hotel, which is a famous hotel located in downtown Salem that is quite haunted and has a very interesting history. And Sam... Haven't you stayed there before? Yes, I have stayed there before. Like, I I think I said this in the last episode, but my family and I stayed there over Easter break two (laughs) years ago. Um, We had a ton of fun. We didn't have any specifically spooky occurrences, but the hotel was beautiful. It was awesome. Do you remember what floor you stayed on? Yeah, I remember that we did not stay on the the one, I think it's like, what, the sixth floor or something? The third and the sixth yeah whichever floor was the most haunted we didn't stay on and we found out like afterwards and my mom was like oh we should have stayed on like one of the spooky floors but we do have we'll put it on the instagram because my mom for some reason took a video of my sister and i like in the the hallway (laughs) (laughs) um so we'll post that but it was super fun and it's definitely like they've kept it like old timey like i'll talk about this in a second but like it's from the 1920s and you can kind of like they've done their best to sort of like repair things that need to be repaired but not fully renovate 
Love that. Yeah. I love it when places do that, when they don't take away the, like, the old charm, but everything's yeah. up to code. You know, they're, yeah, so, they're, there's yeah. modern amenities, but that old charm, you know? Love it. So, okay, I'm going to get into the history. Okay? Please do. I'm ready. All right, so, the Hawthorne Hotel was established in 1925, and it is right in the heart of downtown Salem, like I said before. It's only a two-minute walk from the Salem Witch Museum, which is that famous um, giant, it almost looks like a church or a cathedral, and it's got those wax figures of the different people from the witch trials, and you have to watch, you watch a video, or you watch a, like a performance of the wax figures. They're not moving oh, or anything, but there's like a voiceover, and there's like a giant wax figure of Satan, and part of it, <gasps> it is the funny, it's hilarious. Oh my god. It's funny in like a like a kitschy way but yeah anyway so that's like a huge attraction but actually fun fact about the salem witch museum is that today the the day that we're recording which mm-hmm. is the 27th of october it's featured in the google search bar so google search bar right now is halloween but on the side there's like a little icon and it's the salem witch museum oh that's so fun that's that weird. interesting that's very weird that's today huh. i know i guess because it's right near halloween but that's that's still a weird coincidence um So the Hawthorne Hotel is right near the Salem Witch Museum, and it's also right near a ton of these little spooky shops that are all around Salem, um, because yes, they go all in on the whole witch thing. I do kind of love that about Salem. They've embraced it, instead of trying to hide it, you know? Yeah. Because it could be something people are, like, ashamed of. I have heard, however, from, like, Salem locals, Mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, I know Salem I was going to say who. (laughs) No. I've seen on Twitter that sometimes the locals do get fed up with the tourists but i think it's just the tourists that are like going there to make fun of it and like not being respectful to the locals that live there year-round because again there were deaths that occurred here like the the salem witch trials like we covered last episode Mm -hmm. is pretty tragic yeah they were and it's like a fun spooky place to visit during the halloween season but you should also always have like a little bit of reverence for yeah, this Yeah, there's place. a fine line. There's exactly. definitely a fine line between like being interested in it and like like celebrating witchy culture yeah. and like making fun of it. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, continue. All right. So, yeah, lots of spooky shops, really fun place, and the hotel itself is named after Nathaniel Hawthorne, who is a very famous American novelist. His most well-known books are probably The Scarlet Letter. Okay. And the House of the Seven Gables. Um, and it's interesting because the House of the Seven Gables is based on another house that's in Salem. Hmm. So Nathaniel Hawthorne is very intertwined with Salem and its history, and they celebrate him there. Interesting fact Nathaniel Hawthorne is actually the great great grandson of Judge John Hawthorne, who is the infamous quote unquote hanging judge of the Salem Witch Trials. Oh my gosh. And Judge Hawthorne would send the majority of his cases to the gallows, whether, you know, there was evidence or not of them being a witch, which most likely there was no evidence. But yep. so he was definitely like a, a figure that is maybe not looked upon so kindly nowadays. Even though Nathaniel Hawthorne and Judge John Hawthorne have the same last name, they're actually spelled differently. Huh. So Nathaniel Hawthorne's name includes a W after the A, and the judges doesn't. So this is because Nathaniel added the W to his last name after he graduated college for two different reasons. One was because when it was spelled H-A-T-H-O-R-N-E, 
like it didn't and it was still pronounced Hawthorne like it didn't match the way like phonetically it didn't match the way you yeah because like, Hath- when you think yeah Hathern I would think that was like Hathern or like Hathern I don't know yeah so he added the W because I think he just thought it made more sense but he also wanted to disassociate himself from his cruel ancestor Fair. which I totally understand Fair. if I had a really bad last name or even like an embarrassing last name um <laughs> do you want to talk about having a rough last name that people think you're related to a monster <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I think we talked about this last episode, but my last name is Kaczynski, as in Ted Kaczynski. I have no relation to. I have as no relation to Kaczynski. him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you I understand it, to, it. Change it to Kaczynski. Add that extra mm-hmm. W. Maybe I will go with go with Nathaniel's. Okay, but anyway, so I just thought that was pretty interesting. So Nathaniel Hawthorne is a huge figure in Salem history, and that is who the Hawthorne Hotel is named after. Very interesting. The history of the hotel itself begins in 1923 when a man named Frank Poor, which despite his last name being Poor, he was actually a successful businessman. And he was the founder of a lighting company that was very successful. So he was a rich guy. And he envisioned a modern hotel for the business traveler in Salem. That was, that's what, that was his dream. Luxurious. Yes. Luxurious, modern hotel for the business traveler. So they get to it. Construction begins in 1924, so fairly quickly. And it opens just before the estimated completion date in July 1925. So it was a very quick process. Yeah. They knew what they wanted to do. A quick turnaround. I know. Unlike nowadays when it's like, it takes Disney World like three years to like open, open a, a ride. Well, yeah, but I feel like Disney is not a great example because Disney details, the yeah, amount I guess of details <laughs> in the Disney parks are like, I'm shocked it doesn't take them longer than that. That was also such a weird comparison for me to make. But Disney versus like a hotel in Salem, Massachusetts. Perhaps maybe the hotel down the street from our apartment that's been being built for like two Since before years you moved in. Yeah, yeah. Like for, yeah really. it takes so long. But this one they were quick with. They knew how to do it back then, I guess. So it opens in July 1925, and it was a huge deal. There was a citywide parade. There was a flag-raising ceremony and a bunch of other old-timey festivities. Um, you know, Love the it. stuff that people did Love back that. then for fun. So it's a big deal. Everyone loves the hotel. And the hotel itself is six stories, and it is a colonial revival-style building. And I'm sure we'll post it in the Instagram, but it's a very pretty building. It's very cute. I did look it up. It's gorgeous from the outside. Yeah. So it originally featured 150 rooms, but since then it's been remodeled and now it has a total of 89 rooms. So I'm pretty sure they just like made the rooms bigger and made them be less rooms. You know? Okay. Yeah. Expanded. Like instead of having two small rooms, it became one big room. I have also heard that some of them have like the Jack and Jill bathroom. Yes. So maybe now they're considered adjoining rooms as well. Probably, yes. Okay. That sounds right. So in the 1950s, the Hawthorne Hotel briefly changed its name to meet the demand of the growing numbers of vehicles on the road. And it was actually called Hawthorne Motor Hotel for a while, which I thought was kind of weird, but apparently a lot of guests would bring their automobiles to the hotel at the time. I'm not totally sure why that would constitute a name change, but I think it's because 
the hotel wanted people to know that they would have a place, you know, to store their yeah. automobile if they brought it. But I just thought that was so interesting. I feel like Motor... What was it called? Motor Hotel? Yeah, Hawthorne Motor Hotel. I feel like that's... It, it gives very 50s vibes. Yeah, Motor Hotel. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I was possessed by Briefly 50s ghosts. <laughs> so, yeah, so they changed their name. It didn't last for long, though. It goes back to Hawthorne Hotel pretty soon, which we'll talk about. So then in the 1960s, this was just something that um, they noted on the official website, so I wanted to include it. I thought it was cute. In the 1960s, there was a dance teacher named Miss Harriet James, and she led a successful dance school inside the hotel, and every year they had their annual celebration in the Grand Ballroom. Oh, that's so cute, cute right? And yeah. I'm pretty sure you're probably going to be talking about the Grand Ballroom in a little I bit. I am. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that in there. In the 70s, there was a super popular TV show called Bewitched, and they filmed their Salem saga, obviously in the town of Salem, yep. and they filmed several scenes within the hotel, which is cool. Do you know the fo- most famous scene that they filmed so there? So I, I saw it was something with like an elevator. Yeah, the elevator yeah. scene. So, um, and I've been in that elevator. I oh my god. Nice. So, pretty cool stuff. Before we move on, I actually have one little thing to say about that because I yes. included it as part of my research and is like a little fun fact. Yes. But um, so the plot of Bewitched is a witch named Samantha and she like masquerades <gasps> as like a little mortal okay. girl and she marries a guy named Darren and he makes her, once he finds out that she's a witch, like forswear her witchy magic. And this is the one, if you get confused between all the like witch shows which yeah. i know i do sometimes Sabrina. it's the one where she like twitches her nose okay i don't, i can't say i know it <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean i remember hearing about it in like the tours but but they actually stayed in the hawthorne hotel for the yeah. duration of filming in salem uh-huh. and elizabeth montgomery who plays samantha and her husband william asher who's the director okay they stayed in the most haunted room in the <gasps> hotel really and there's memorabilia from the show in the lobby and stuff so that's like another thing that the hawthorne hotel kind of embraces yes Yes. that's awesome yeah the whole time i remember there's like a huge witch of or oh my god a huge statue of the main witch samantha in like the town square or something yeah which is cool because there was a little bit of like uh beef with yes there was yeah there was some sort of beef I don't remember what it they was. They didn't want them to film Bewitched in Salem because they thought it was, like, kind Pitch, of tacky. Pitchy. Yeah, okay, yeah. And so instead of being like, hey, like, we're actually just, like, going to film this show, like, it's, it really has nothing to do with the fact that, like, the Salem Witch yeah. trials, whatever, they put up a statue instead. That's pretty funny. It was just like, okay. It's kind of <laughs> petty, but also iconic in a way. <laughs> anyway... Funny. So, by 1990, the Hawthorne Hotel is going by its current name, the Hawthorne Hotel. Lovely. And a seance is held in the Grand Ballroom on the day before Halloween in 1990, and the goal of the seance is to summon Harry Houdini, who is a famous magician and naysayer of the supernatural. I feel like we talked about him. Maybe we were just talking about him. I I don't think it was on the podcast. Okay, yeah, in in a conversation. But save that for me, because I'm going to talk a little bit about him later. Um, Yeah, so I'll save that for you, but all you need to know right now is, allegedly, the seance was unsuccessful. Like, I didn't see anything about there being anything spooky, Um, but maybe you will tell us. Maybe you will tell us differently. Uh, No, I think I'm going to confirm your suspicions. So, okay, so since you're confirming them, I, like, wasn't really surprised, because... To play devil's advocate, 
okay, if Harry Houdini did not believe in ghosts or the supernatural, and he's, like, dedicated a lot of his life to disproving the supernatural, and then the supernatural is real, wouldn't Houdini not want to come back? Like, wouldn't he want to, like, at least preserve and make it seem like it wasn't real? Can I answer your question when I get to this? Part? Yes. Because <laughs> I do have a very Just definitive food answer for, for thought. You. Okay, I okay. do have a definitive answer for you. Okay. So now we're going to move from the 90s all the way to recently, in 2015, there was a movie called Joy that was... Uh, oh my god! Have you seen it? Yes! I haven't, but... It's such a good movie! Okay, really? Yeah, I... It's the one with Jennifer Lawrence, yes, right? Jennifer yes, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Bradley Cooper, and Robert De Niro. So, three very famous actors. Yeah. And they shot a couple of different scenes at the Hawthorne, particularly in the ballroom. Do you remember if there's a... I don't. I I just remember watching the movie and and knowing that I liked okay. it a lot. Okay, good to know. It's Maybe the one where she it. like invents the mop. <laughs> where she invents the mop. Yeah, in the movie she invents like a uh, self ringing mop. Oh, <laughs> that sounds riveting. <laughs> so they did film that in part, a lot of it in the Hawthorne. Apparently, all three of those actors also stayed in the Hawthorne for a while while they were shooting it. So pretty interesting. interesting. It seems like a lot of the actors. I'm like, I wonder if that's a thing. Like for actors. If you're shooting at a hotel to like also stay there, I I'm sure so. it is. Kind right? of fun. I'm sure yeah, it's free. Get into the the mindset of your character. Yes. Yeah. Method acting. So this one is that what method acting is? I first it can be yeah. Okay. <laughs> when I think of method acting, I think of um. The Joker, uh, Heath Ledger, how he oh. like lived in like a hotel room alone and like didn't talk to anyone for like months or something. That is The Dark Knight is one of my top movies of all time, but like. Let's not talk about that right now. We won't get it. I, I, do, I need to see that. Maybe we'll do a Patreon series of just like Ooh. my favorite movies because that I do awesome. have a lot of movie wrecks. And I anyway. feel like you have a very good taste in movies too. Thank you. I appreciate that. that. Um, okay, moving on. So going back to the hotel, I'm not going to get into this too much because you might talk about it, MK, but the hotel is allegedly built on land that was owned by a woman named Bridget Bishop. I am going to talk yes. about this. And a as we know, bit. as we know, she was the first person executed during the Salem Witch Trials, and she was accused by the usual suspects, like that little group of girls, Abigail Williams and such. And Putnam. And Putnam Jr., etc. Um, and also, I thought it was interesting. She was actually the first woman to die from hanging in the colony of Massachusetts. Really? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Wow, yeah, that is interesting. Um, Tragic. So, just remember that this hotel is built on her land because there there are some things that might come up that will remind you of the land that was once hers. Yes, there are. So, that is pretty much the entire a brief history of the Hawthorne Hotel up till now and now we're going to get into a little bit of the spookier side of things the hauntings yes so mk if you would like to take it away i sure would so the hawthorne hotel was named the fourth most haunted hotel in america by travelocity in 2007 Ooh, travelocity we're starting out with a bang travelocity is coming in here and they they have confirmed (laughs) that it's haunted uh so you may be wondering why this is haunted, other than the fact that it is in Salem, Massachusetts, yeah. because it didn't exist during the yeah the witch trials. So people have speculated that six different spontaneous fires that have occurred seemingly for no reason in this okay. hotel have either stirred up some paranormal activity, like opened a portal, 
or they may have been possibly caused by a specter or a ghost. I'm glad I didn't know this when I stayed there. It's I to me, I don't know if I believe that cuz it pretty easily could be faulty wiring. Yeah, they're just trying to like cover their asses and they're, like, they're oh, like it's a ghost. It was a ghost. <laughs> get sued. No need for OSHA. <laughs> uh in the hotel there is reports of um typical ghost activity moving furniture unexplained noises like you said it is thought to have been built on an apple orchard that was owned by bridget bishop and if like you said she was the first person executed in the trials but people will say that they smell the scent of apples that's a pretty pleasant haunting, actually. I agree. I love the smell of apples. I'd be fine with the ghost haunting me if they brought the smell of apples with them. I agree. But because of this, apples are not served in the hotel so as to not interfere with that evidence. So they don't want people to think that it's coming from like the kitchens or like a fruit basket. Okay. So they try to like isolate apples from the hotel as much as possible. So that <laughs> if you do smell the scent of apples, you're like, oh, Bridget's around. Uh-huh. Which is interesting. So they've really embraced it. See, I if it were me, I would have like a special Appletini. Apple yeah. Oh, oh Appletini. Bridget's yes, Appletini. Yeah, because like you can't smell apple liquor. That'd be fun. Mm. Be a Bridges Appletini. That would be fun. Hire us for marketing, Hawthorne. That's hell. That's that Fry Baby blog at work. <laughs> um, but there's actually evidence that the orchard was under the Lyceum restaurant a few blocks away. Okay. But I googled it today, and it's literally less than 0.3 miles away from from this restaurant. Yes. Okay. The restaurant, the Hawthorne Hotel, is like less than a third of a mile away. So I feel like it could have been under both because that's yeah. really not like that huge of an orchard. Like, yeah. If you think of like a quarter of a mile, that's, that's not, not huge. No, it's right? small. So anyway, I feel like both could be true. I agree. One of the most active parts of the hotel is the library in the basement. And it is a spot for high activity on EMF detectors, what which are we EMF? actually just bought oh these ones this yes is, so we just bought an emf detector for we might be having a little excursion a little trip up. that we might be <laughs> taking um but it, emf stands for electromagnetic field detector and it measures emf fields and it's typically used for detecting like faulty wiring so again this is my point yes. that the fires may have been caused by faulty <laughs> wiring but Paranormal experts also believe that it can detect disruptions in the electromagnetic fields caused by spirits or ghosts. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Disembodied footsteps and flickering lights are also common down there. Classic. Workers will go and arrange, like, the tables down there neatly. Okay. And then leave for a minute or two, and they'll come back to them stacked in a pyramid. In a pyramid? Yes. That takes skill. Yeah. And that occurrence Spooky. alone, it's not like super common, but it has happened a few times, okay. has caused several workers to quit on the spot. I can't even blame them. I, I that is a little, There's something a little spooky about a pyramid shape. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, especially stacking. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's, yeah. You can't explain that away with like the wind or something. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's pretty obvious that something is manipulating yeah. those tables. Uh, there's also a tavern inside of the hotel. And it's home to uh, where the Salem Marine Society used to be. Okay. And there's a table in the corner that people have reported getting a very abnormally high 
EMF rating at. There's also on the wall a large captain's wheel, like from a boat, and it will spin on its own. (gasps) And even when people stop it and then walk away, it'll start spinning rapidly again. That's cool. Which is, I think, really neat because if it's spinning that rapidly, you can't explain it by a gust or like uneven hanging. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's really neat. They also have antiques, like maps and charts, Mm -hmm. that are typically locked up. But sometimes when workers come back in the morning, they'll be, like, strewn around the room. Almost like someone was trying to use them. Like, the charts will be spread out on the tables and stuff. Neat, Creepy. I like how none of these are really, like, I know I just said creepy, but none of these are, like, scary. They're kind of cute hauntings. I agree. There's no malevolent spirits that I came across. I think it's just some residual energy i agree uh so the third floor is arguably one of the most haunted uh room 325 is thought by some to be the most haunted there's also some that debate that another room is okay uh lights will turn on and off by themselves guests will be kept up at night by a baby crying that's annoying (laughs) and there's also and this is like honest to god one of my greatest fears People report having their feet grabbed. When you have said that bed. before. That's I so funny. That because there's a scene in The Conjuring where <laughs> Joey yeah. King gets like ripped out of bed by yeah. something pulling her leg. That I will forever sleep with my feet under the blanket because, because of, of that. that. It is so scary to me. Well, then I don't don't visit room three two five. I'm I'm good. Yeah, uh, and the bathroom faucets will turn on by themselves and, like, flood the bathroom. Like, nothing serious, okay. but, like, get a couple of inches of water okay. on the ground. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. But this bathroom is one of the Jack and Jill bathrooms. So for people that don't know, the Jack and Jill bathrooms are when there's two bedrooms that are uh, connected by a bathroom. Okay. So there's an entrance to one bedroom on one side, bathroom, entrance to another bedroom on the other side. This is probably super dumb. I thought that a Jack and Jill bathroom was what... Was when there were two sinks on... You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Okay. Well, that's, like, where the name came from, because Jack and Jill is, like... Oh, so one side is for the one room and one yeah, side is exactly. for the other room. Okay, okay. So, uh, there's a story about a businessman staying in one room, and he goes down and he complains to the staff at the yeah. front desk, and he's like, you need to switch my room. Like, the neighbors in the adjoining room are, like, really noisy, and they were turning the water on and off, like, all night... And they brought him up there, and the room was, like, completely made up. Like, there was no one in that room. Creepy. Spooky. The fourth floor is also said to be haunted, but there's no, like, specific occurrence. It's just, like, disembodied footsteps. Okay. Love it. And lights flickering. Um, The sixth floor, though, that's where stuff starts to get real. Number six. Yep. Uh, Room 628. There was a man who was staying there and left his keys on a desk and, like, went to down the hall to, like, go get ice or fill okay. his ice bucket or something. And he came back and the keys were gone. Oh. And so he was, like, turning his room over for them, but he, he knew that he had left them on the desk because he had looked at them when he left the room. That's so frustrating. He went into, like, the bathroom or whatever, turned his back to the desk, and the keys reappeared <gasps> on the desk. So that's, like pretty convincing to me because i saw my keys when i was leaving came back they were gone turned my back for a second they were there i would chalk that up to my memory though 
I don't know if I would, though. Like, I have a pretty decent visual memory, so if I remember seeing something somewhere, you I trust my memory. Yeah. I don't trust my memory. I don't know. <laughs> that, is, that is freaky, though. Definitely. It is. It is uh, kind of a weird haunting. Yeah. But... Mischievous. Exactly. So that's... That and the table stacking makes me think that there's maybe a poltergeist here. Because poltergeists, like yes. we said, kind of get a bad rep because of the movie Poltergeist. Yeah. But they really are just kind of like mischievous spirits that like to mess with humans. Little imps. Exactly. Like yes. they're they're fun peeves the poltergeist. Yeah, they just, they just they mess with you. They like to prank you a little bit. They're not mean. They're chill. But there is the apparition of a woman who wanders the hallways of the sixth floor. Always. Thought to be Bridget Bishop. Okay. And she'll often stop in front of 612 and stare at the door. And now this brings us to the other room that's hotly debated to be okay. the haunt, most haunted. So it's between 612 and 423? And 325. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I was so off. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so 612, residents will say that they feel like they're constantly being watched. Ooh, I don't like that. Creepy, like, you know, the hairs on the back yes. of your neck stand up. And Bridget will sometimes enter the room okay. if they open the door for the apparition. If the door, like, happens to be open and okay. she, like, walks by. And she'll just check herself out in the mirror. Good. Like, same, girlfriend. Come on, girl. <laughs> Wait, I wonder what she looks like. Do they? I don't know. I don't know if there's any, like, record of her. I guess that's probably why they don't know if yeah. it's Bridget or not. Yeah. It's just thought it's just to be. just a woman. Yeah. Aww. Which, like... Checking yourself out in the mirror, I totally feel that because I can't walk by a mirror yeah. or a reflective surface and not check myself out. And it out. has nothing to do with, like, being vain. Yeah, it's just like, it's I, just just, like I, I want to sure I look good. Exactly. What what do other people see when they see me right now? Our grandpa always used to make fun of us because they have a condo down in Florida <laughs> where one wall is, like, completely mirrored. And every single one of, like, we would just, the like, grandchildren will just, like, ch- every time we walk by, like, check ourselves out. But then I think that's just, like, an innately female thing. It is. It is. Yeah. I think that any human, I, like, I want to see, see how I feel. I want to make sure I don't yeah. have, like, a hair tuft out of place. Exactly. You, know? you got to make sure there's, like, nothing on your face. We so, get it, Bridget. I get it. You know what? You're chill. Um, and now this brings us to the famous seance at the hospital. Yes. So October 30th, 1990, the Hawthorne Hotel holds a seance in the ballroom area of the hotel to contact a famous figure, one Harry Houdini. Mr. Houdini. It is the 64th anniversary of his death. Yeah, that's like so, like, why were they like, oh, like, you're 64. 64. (laughs) Well, I'm going to explain this to you. And there's nothing significant about the number 64. Okay, they just decided they wanted to have it. Exactly. So... Well, he's well known for his magic and disappearing acts and like, you know, being stuck in the water, handcuffed or exactly. whatever. And there's actually a very famous story that when he did come to visit Salem and he stayed at the Hawthorne, oh. the uh, police chief was like very skeptical. Okay. And he was like, what if I lock you in a cell and he put him in like three sets of handcuffs and like two leg irons and like tied him up, blindfolded him and put him in one of the cells in the Salem jail. Okay. And before you knew it, um, Harry Houdini like literally appeared behind the police chief who was watching the front door of the jail in his, like from a window across the street. Did he ever like explain how he did all that? No. All of his tricks. So his tricks are all patented 
as one act plays so that he oh. never had to reveal his secret. Because if you patent a magic trick, you have to explain how you do it. Okay. And so he instead patented that was them as plays so that he never had to reveal his secret. But how is it that it's a hundred years later and no one has figured it out? I mean, people have figured out some of his okay. tricks, but like his greatest tricks are still not been. Okay. But he's a cool guy. So that's the whole magic part of his career. That's what people really know him for. Yeah. But like you said earlier, there was a whole part of his life that he devoted to disproving spiritualist acts. Yes, which is a weird hill to die on. (laughs) Well, not when you have the context. Oh. So he used his knowledge of sleight of hand to expose the trickery of mediums and psychics. Okay. And he actually testified in front of Congress in support of legislation that would criminalize anyone who faked a connection between, quote, the separated. Good. So people still in life and people in death. Which I think, like you said, kind of a weird hill to die on. But if you are a medium or a psychic who's faking their abilities to make money off of these grieving people, you deserve to be prosecuted for that. Exactly. You're right. It's largely believed that his disdain for these type of acts originated from... An experience that he had after his like very dearly loved mother departed. Oh, I see. Okay, this I, I do take it back that it's a weird hill to die on. So it's a normal hill to die on. It's I mean maybe not normal, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah. Once you understand this, so Houdini became a close acquaintance of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in around 1920. Fancy names. Do you know who Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is? Do you is know what he wrote? Conan O'Brien's great great grandfather. <laughs> Not quite. Arthur Conan Doyle. A very famous work, like series of works. I know it's not Lord of the Rings. I know it's not Harry <laughs> no. Potter. I know it's not. This is 1920. So I know. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of of um. Series a series of unfortunate events. No. No, that was Lemony Snicket. <laughs> I no, I don't know. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Ring a bell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, that was so loud. <laughs> so, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was a big supporter of spiritualism, and he also had a wife named Jean who claimed to be a medium. But Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was recognized by, like, the literary world and, like, the popular yeah. view of the time was that he was a very rational man. So in Houdini's eyes, he's kind of like this anomaly because here you have this like rational man and brilliant writer who's also a huge advocate for spiritualism. He's just trying to support his boo. Exactly. (laughs) A very supportive husband. So Jean offered to hold a seance with Harry Houdini in which she claimed to have been in contact with his mother. Oh. Jean, you might not want to do that, girl. So... She is overtaken by the spirit of Houdini's mother, and she scribbles out, like, five pages front and back of, like, letters and notes for Houdini from his mother. A manifesto. Exactly. So, Houdini, not wanting to offend Conan Doyle, yeah. like, privately denied this okay. instead of coming out to the public and being like, Gene is a fraud! Okay. So... There uh, were two a, things. Wait, what did... Okay, sorry. I think you're about to say it. Two things that made him think that okay. this was not real. So first of all, the letters were all in English and his mother did not speak English. They were Hungarian. So she okay. only spoke Hungarian. But couldn't a ghost transcend... Exactly. 
language barriers. So it's widely believed in like the spiritualist medium seance yeah. world that the astral plane has no language. Okay. So if you can communicate with anyone in any language. That would have been cool though if she had written in Hungarian. So his mother also, he noted, would not have signed her name on each page with a cross because they were Jewish. Oh, interesting. So, and that's something that Jean had done at the bottom of the page, signed his mother's name with With a a cross. cross. Okay. So Houdini didn't believe that this was real. He didn't believe in spiritualism. He was very adamantly and outspoken against it. Okay. Um, But before he passed, he and his wife made an agreement that whoever died first would try to contact each other from the other side with a secret phrase. Got it. And so when he died, his wife went to several mediums and she would always go in. She would be like, does he have a message for me? And they'd give her all kinds of BS. And yeah. she'd be like, that's not he misses what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. So, and none of the mediums were ever able to relay the secret phrase. There's the answer. And this is what our conversation was about when we were saying that we were going to come up with a secret phrase yes. for whoever dies first. Exactly. <laughs> I have one in mind. I'll tell you after. Okay. Because we don't want to expose it because then any mediums listening will know. Um, but he died the day before Halloween. I'm sure everyone's heard the story how, like, a medical student punched him. No. I um, actually didn't hear it. So he... <laughs> like, I'm sure everyone has something. Well, that's, like, a very famous thing is, like, Houdini died from, like, a punch to the okay. butt. But it's, like, a lot more complicated okay. than that. They, like, I believe hit his either kidney or his liver. Oh. And he got, like, a, like some form of sepsis from oh, it. Oh, wow. They really don't know, like, exactly what happened, but that's, like... Do you know much. how old he was when he died? He was young. Aww. Um, I don't know his exact age. It's interesting how so many of like the super super famous people die so young. Yeah. I think maybe it might be just because we know them and like, you know, yeah, young people die every day, which is tragic. But it, when they're in the spotlight like that, yeah. I guess it hits a little closer to. And them. when you hear about them and like you know they were alive in like the early nineteen hundreds, you just like picture them as like an old person. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I got you. So anyway, but he died the day before Halloween, so it's very popular to hold seances on Halloween or the day before okay. to try and contact him. So Makes that's sense. why the Hawthorne Hotel was doing this. Okay. They, I'm sure he would be thrilled. Exactly. Which is, like, so ironic. I know. Because it's like the one thing guy. he stood against. Exactly. Um, it was not successful, but out of this did come an annual Halloween party at the Hawthorne Hotel, which is like this big gala of, you know, treats and dancing and music, and they hold it every year, and it, it sounds so fun. I was going to say, this sounds so fun. I think we have to go at some point. Yes! This sounds like a trip that I would love to make. We're going to book our tickets now, since Salem is like insane this time of year. I am so ready. We'll do it like in January when like yeah but I want to go to the ball well yeah but we can't go that's in three days and we have a holiday (laughs) party to host (laughs) I meant next year oh that's what I'm saying we'll buy our tickets in January oh I think all the buzz has has, like died down about Halloween and they've forgotten about it no one steal our idea and then we'll get them for we'll get the cheap tickets or we could go we could abandon our Halloween party and go and like scalp what's the what's the phrase scalp scalp tickets (laughs) (laughs) now if we're abandoning our halloween party for anything 
it's that fact that in Connecticut right now, they are taking yeah. the artifacts from Ed and Lorraine's occult museum and they're bringing them to like a Mohegan Sun. <laughs> they're bringing them to a casino? <laughs> I don't think, no, isn't Mohegan Sun like a hotel? I feel, it might be a casino. I, for some reason, I feel it like sounds it, like a yeah. casino. But they're bringing them and they're like displaying them in like the conference right, on center. On top of the slot like, machines. Yeah. Next to the car models. You know. <laughs> you know the blackjack table. They're just putting Annabelle right oh on top Oh my god. <laughs> Shadow dolls That's hitting so the slots. <laughs> that is scary. But anyway. So that's pretty much it for the Hawthorne Hotel. I yeah. think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, Definitely. Like, Totally the type of place I would not be scared to visit. No, me either. This is kind of like the same as Gettysburg. Uh, but even but even less even scary. less scary. So we might have to ease ourselves in with this before we visit like Lizzie Borden or exactly like, yeah. And yeah. like I said, I like obviously I didn't know like all of this when I stayed there, but like it wasn't scary. It was a very pleasant stay actually. It seems very pleasant. It always smells like apples. It, and no, it actually, I, it's funny because once you were talking about the apple thing, I do remember my sister Ashley and I thinking it smelled really good in the lobby. I don't remember what we thought it smelled like. I'll have to ask her. But it was ask lovely. Her. Ask her before she listens to this episode. Okay, okay I will. Oh my gosh. That would be so funny if you guys smelled apples while you were there. I know. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask her and I won't give her any context so we won't be like cheating. Good. But, um... Yeah, this was like a this was very fun to research. I still think the Salem stuff is so interesting. I do too. We could do like a million episodes on Salem. It's so fascinating. I don't know if we're gonna do a million, but this is just <laughs> the first of our haunted places in Salem. Yeah, series. because there's lots more. There's at least two or three. Yeah, more, that we're gonna cover. So. That we're gonna cover. So very exciting. But yes, this was the Hawthorne Hotel. Uh, I don't think we're going to have another episode out before this, so have happy a very Halloween. happy Halloween, you guys. Maybe um, in our next episode we can recap our party and like talk we about are. our stuff. We're having some of our college friends down. We're going to be college friends. <laughs> I swear I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> we're having some college friends down. Yes. My friends are your friends. And... Mikasa is too Casa. Exactly. Well, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> We're both making like signature drinks and appetizers, and we've got some fun games to play. We're going to do a murder mystery. And we usually play different characters. It's, so like, it's like that episode of The Office when yes. we do the murder in Savannah. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing this weekend. That's how we're spending our Halloween. Yes. Other people are going out and like, you know, getting lit at bars, but you know. Ours is, this is more, this is, this is a classic Objectively Halloween. more fun. Yes. Do you want to tell the people what you're being for Halloween or do we tell them next episode? We tell them next episode. Okay. Because then we do like a recap. Because then you know? we can share pictures on yes. Insta too, which yes. I'm very excited about. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, we will talk to you guys next time. Don't worry. You won't have to wait too, too long, but Keep checking out our Patreon because we're dropping episodes on there like it's hot. Um, because it is. It is hot. It's getting lit on there. We also actually... Is that like your word of the day? Huh? <laughs> is lit your word of the day? <laughs> I say that word so much and I know it's outdated. No, it's never. It it's, is outdated, but you know what? It's okay. It's it lit, you know? While we were recording this episode, we did just get another Patreon. <gasps> so, let me shout her out right now. Thank you so much, Molly. You are the best. Molly. That was so sweet. Thank so you, Molly. So sweet of you. Uh, but anyway, have a very happy Halloween, and 
We will talk to you next time. Creep it real, you guys. Until next time. Bye.